I'm just going to run through the scripture because a lot has been said today. And thank you so much. Is the lady still around? The lady that gave the spoken words was so succinct. Um, you see, spoken words are beautiful, but what I wanted to tell you is, try and go back and listen to the things she said. I think some of you that have daddy, issue, daddy issues will find solution in those things she said. I feel very strongly that God is going back to issues of fathers. Whew. And I'm not saying it like one that is not going through myself. Those that know my story, <laughs> I'll share it, don't worry. My chasing will see the error. Yeah. But I'm just going to share very briefly today. Let's open our Bibles to Judges. Let's open our Bibles to Judges 2, verse 6. Um, there's something I saw in the scriptures that was very, very eye opening. Judges 2, verse 6. Um, are we there? Okay, all right, so I will read. Um, the Bible says, after, the, after Joseph sent the people away, each of the tribe left to take possessions of the land allotted to them. And Israel, now I'm in seven, and the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the, leader, and the leaders who outlived him. Those who had been, those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. It says, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land he had been allotted at Timonath Serah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gath. It just summarized the life of Joshua. That this was a man that was able to lead men to follow God and to serve him. He also talked about the fact that even when he died, he had created certain structures that even the men after him were able to continue teaching people about the knowledge of God. Shouldn't that be the kind of man that we all want to be? And I pray that for every single one, male and female, that you will be that anchor that a generation can say they found God via in the name of Jesus. But now there was a problem, and this is what I'm going to really be sharing on. And it's in verse 10. The Bible says, after that generation died. Somebody say, after that generation died. Another generation grew up. After that generation died, another generation grew up. That generation that grew up did not grow up while that generation was still alive. They grew up after death. So it meant that there was a lacuna. There was a gap. And see what the gap did. The Bible says, after that generation died, another generation grew up. Who did not acknowledge the Lord? Or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what I'm going to be talking about. The generation that grew up. They grew up with a knowledge, but they did not experience. And this is a message that I pray that the Lord gives us humility of hearts to receive. Because I feel that we are also that generation. There is a knowledge of the God that you serve. But there is little that you can say you sin for yourself. And it could be that maybe some of the old generation did not paint a good picture. It could mean that maybe some of us are looking at different things. My wife and I we were talking and we said, social media now is projecting an image of ministry that sometimes is not it. So what do you see? You see that what makes a man of God is that he must rent a big tent and people must fill that place. And when he comes down from the castle, number one, you see the car. Then somebody carries his bag and he comes and he walks in that humility and he's speaking in tongues. And a lot of you start to model that. But you see, social media does not show you what the man did to prepare. 
Is somebody with me? That is a lacuna. That's a gap. So some of us, we take up, I'm spiritual by how I look modest. But you have demons that you're fighting. Nobody is teaching you how to fight. Because I, I don't see many men of God do hours where they are just tarrying in his presence and they are not showing it. I, we, we sell, you will not even see it. Because would you be there in his house at 2 a.m. to 6 p.m.? No. But you see, that's a part that nobody is saying. But social media, where you gain knowledge from always, is showing you the move, the walk, how it is. There is a gap, guys. And if we are not careful, we may become that generation that know about God, but do not know how to intermeddle with him. And that is why the Bible is so important. When we say read the Bible, it's not because it's a Christian thing to do. It shows you the things that are behind camera. It shows you what David was thinking before he slept with Bathsheba. So don't judge the pastor when he sleeps with Bathsheba. It shows you what a man can be thinking that can make him fall. So you can, by the knowledge of what you've read, you can live counter to those things and not fall for the prey. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? See, there was this gap of people that did not know or remember God. And the Holy Spirit had to show me that two things. He said, a generation who did not acknowledge God. Now, what is a generation that does not acknowledge God? It's a generation that acknowledges other things. So, we are in a generation that we acknowledge our strength, our master's degree, our philosophy, our ability to be woke, our job. We acknowledge a lot of things, but we do not acknowledge God. We are that generation of, I got A, they gave me F. Do you understand that? Like, everything I have, I worked for it. Unfortunately, men have not also dealt these things such that we have not been able to find a lot of, you know, strong templates to ride on. So, a lot of you have had to fight for the things that you have. Some of you had daddy issues, so you left home a bit too early and you faced the wind of hardship a bit too early. And now that you are now becoming yourself, you have an inherent vow in your head that I will never be this. I will never give them recognition. I will never support them because I fought for myself. So you've stopped acknowledging God that like my wife, there were seasons in her life where she did not know what she was doing per se, but God was there hovering and covering. That for you, that same time where you were acing that exam, there was still a God that was there that ensured that you could read and understand. So there now became a generation that does not know God. It's the same generation that when you now want to say Jesus, they have to tell you, why are you saying Jesus? Explain Jesus. I can explain everything that is not Jesus, so you explain Jesus. It's a generation that does not acknowledge God. It's a generation that cannot still understand the fact that the world was created by his power. They don't know what created it, but they would rather not give it to God. That's a generation. It's a generation that would rather base themselves on the Big Bang Theory because they know that when they start to acknowledge that God created the earth, they knew that they will now by force have to keep to the tenets of the God that they are talking about. But because they don't want to keep to the tenets of that God, they would rather say that the earth was created by a Big Bang Theory. So by instance, Big Bang Theory does not tell you whether you're male or female. If you want to be a man but feel like a woman, be a man that feels like a woman. And if you want to be a woman that feels like a man, be a woman that feels like a man. Because the moment you say God created, then you have to say that I'm a man in the order of what he created. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a generation that does not know God. The second generation, he says, is a generation that do not remember the mighty things he has done. 
Now, that is also another generation. Another generation that have tasted of his glory. They've seen some things, but they have refused to acknowledge. They have refused to remember. And I started to think about this thing that there is a difference between I forgot and I choose not to remember. When my wife, sorry love you, I'm using you for an example. If my wife says, oh, Olumde, sorry, oh, I didn't know you were coming, I forgot to make dinner. There's something in me that says, oh, baby, no, don't worry, don't worry, I'll, I'll order. But when I come in and my wife says, ah, I chose not to remember that you eat dinner. She be, you don't normally eat dinner. It, it rubs off differently on me. Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? So a generation that chose not to remember the mighty things. Now, what is that generation? You saw God heal you of Apollo, 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 Apollo. But you are still the one that is complaining because you failed that exam. But it's the same God. You failed to remember the mighty things. Oh, that time when you were in school and you were borderline 2221. You know that 2221. You are in your final degree now. And they tell you that you need four point GPA. And you know that this exam is <laughs> gonna, gonna be the end of me. And you entered all the prayer room, you joined all the NSDPPPYYY. You did every single thing. And by mercy, God came through. Like your only biggest problem then was, God, just let me pass with this 2-1. My mother would never understand that I, no. But he did it. But fast track now, five years now, 10 years, 15 years, you are in that organization and they are stressing you. And you are so quick to give in and throw in the towel. That generation that does not remember the mighty works of God. He was mighty then. Why can you not remember now? So I started to look at this conundrum. I started to ask myself, so God, if we fall in this generation, what is your will? I'm speaking grammarly. Sorry. I started to ask that, so God, what now do you want us to do? Thank you for diagonizing us. I see ourselves the way you are saying. He now says, that is when I send judges. And he said, that's when I send men. So, you, me, that in a generation where people are struggling to find God, God is saying then, I am also trying to find men. The reason why you cannot take your life is because darkness exists and light will only shine through the container called Olumide. Do you understand? That light cannot just come, it has to come through. God could not just save, he had to save through. The world will not be relieved of their pain if it does not come through. The Bible says, for the earth is awaiting the manifestations of the sun. There is a through, and you are the through. Every man, every woman. And that is why you need to own up to what God has called you to do. And you see, I started to think in this part, and you know, the quick mental part of me started to think of, ah, I'm going to use David as an example. I'm and he said, no, no, they don't use the big names use these names and I started to look at these names and this is to say to somebody you may think that you don't look like the kind of person that can save the world but I'm here to tell you that your beat matters and that beat is recorded so I'm going to be looking at four people one is popular and yes but three you don't know the first is Osnel the second is Ehud the third is Deborah or Lapidoth, let me say the third is Lapidoth, and the fourth is Gideon. Have you heard of this name, Manos Othnel? Right? 
Okay, some of you are Bible scholars, right? You're trying to bugger me. Now, Othniel, please, if I got the name wrong, just correct me because his name just looks like oatmeal in my mouth. But. So I'm just going to look at these three guys. It's O-T-H-N-I-E-L. So for some of you that your education is still sharper than mine, you can help me, but you have me, Othniel and Mamakwe. Thanks. Now, what was it about Othniel that gave him a spot in the Bible? The Bible recorded that Othniel was the son of the brother of Caleb. Okay, so he had relations with the big boys, spiritual big boys. But he wasn't a big boy. Caleb was the big boy. Because Caleb was the one, Caleb and Joshua were the two people that out of the twelve, you know, they were able to see things differently. And the Bible said that, okay, you know what, others, these ones will see the promised land. But he was the brother. And the first thing God was telling me is there's some people here that you were born into a home that is religious. They know, like, you are maybe a PK. Not as PK is a pastor's kid. You are related to, you know. And I know that one of the challenges of pastor's kids, and I don't, they don't want to follow the footsteps of their fathers or their mothers. I, it's like they've seen too many things back door. They're like, this life is not for me. They literally fight it. So I feel like Othniel was kind of that kind of person. It was just regular. There was nothing spectacular about Othniel. In fact, see how God got the attention of Othniel. The Bible recorded that Caleb said that concerning a land, anybody that wins these people here will marry my daughter. So, he fought a war. Not because he liked the people, but he wanted a woman. That was an odd, like, there is nothing spiritual about him. And I'm addressing somebody here that maybe you came to church to, to find wife. You just, you just like, make I just call her, go. They talk, say they get more women than men for that church. All of them are just fine. Those are all of them just they shine. Eh? It, it looks ordinary. But can I say something? You are the one God is looking for. I'm addressing that person that you are like, my, my vision has nothing to do with spirituality. I just want to be okay. And God is like, yes, I need you. Because maybe the problem we've done is we've told you that it must be PO and PI and the rest of people. What about you? There's a message my wife is going to preach next week. I can't wait. It's so. You have to come to church on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, you're not around. A, a message. But what about you? What about you that I just want to be in the corporate world? I just want to do, you know, regular things. I'm, I'm not so. I don't feel I'm called into the spirituals, even though I come from that heritage. But it's like, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. Do you know that if you were looking at the first judge, because you can't find this in the book of Judges, you would have thought that the first judge that God would elect after someone like Joshua. Do you know who Joshua is? After someone like Joshua, you would have thought that it must be someone equally great. Maybe from the genealogy of Joshua himself. Where he used Othniel. Othniel was the first judge. I'm saying to somebody here, you think you are little. But God is saying that I still need you. Align. So this was the guy that, let me read a bit about Joshua, uh, about Othniel. Like I said, is, is, he got married to Caleb's daughter. He attacked and he killed men um, just to get her. But I like what the Bible says. Okay, the projector is not on. Uh, maybe I'll just read. 
this scripture, Judges 3 verse 9. It says, but when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. Now see what I'm saying. When the people of God cried out for, when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord raised up a rescuer to save them. Did you see that? When Nigeria cried for help, just painting it, God raised someone. Could it be that as lowly, as insignificant as you think you are, you are the answer to some people's prayers? In fact, a nation's prayer. I say you are not ordinary. I say that thing that the Lord has put in your hands, as seemingly small as it is, it can move a mountain if you let God. The Bible says they prayed to God and God looked around and he sent them Othniel. The Bible says and he raised Othniel up and he sent him. And we see a man that fought war to win a wife to now be a man that fought war to give Israel 40 years of peace. Omoluwarini church. He came to find babe in the house. But the Lord took a hold of that. And he now became the man that fought for the peace of a nation for 40 years. I don't know what it is that you came here with. See, let me tell you something. Your problem got you here so that God can get your attention. Now he's about to turn your life around. In the name of Jesus. Nobody recorded Othniel because he married Caleb's wife, Caleb's daughter. They recorded Othniel because he sustained peace till he died. Read the scriptures, this guy. I say God is about to make something out of your name. And you look at insignificance and God is saying that allow me make what is insignificant significant. Hallelujah. Othniel. The next person, Ehud. Ehud. Maureen, do you know Ehud? Because you were part of the people that were saying, I know Othniel. Uh, yeah. Show my Ehud. Don't mind me, guys. E-H-U-D. It's not even a name that we have given our children. Ehud. Ehud. Now, Ehud was the son of Gera. And he was from the tribe of Benjamin. Okay. You see, when you know how you are not popular, when they have to link you to the last popular thing, the first said he's the son of Gera. Could recognize. And that says on the tribe of Benjamin. Okay. You know the way they say, um, what's your name? Olabi. Oh. Do you mean Olabi from the family of? No. Olabi from Oyo State? No. Olabi that won the election? No. Which Olabi are you? <laughs> That's something like what the Ehud was. But what was the peculiarity of Ehud? Ehud was an undercover guy. Ehud, at the time, he trust Israel again. They sinned against God again. And God sent them into the hands of another terrible king. But this time, they cried unto God again. And God had to send them a what? A rescuer, a savior. And he sent them Ehud. How did Ehud become the rescuer? You know what Ehud did, guys? 
The Bible said that at a time where they were going to give the offerings or the yearly financial rights to that king that was oppressing them, Ehud actually was the one that volunteered. He took those things. But when he was going, the Bible said that he created a weapon. He created a weapon and he hid it under his blouse. And that aim, the aim of that was to kill the king personally. Now, this was a king. No, I'm going to, there's something there. This was a king. Maybe we go there so that you can have some form of scriptural reference. So you can open to 3 verse 7. Mm, okay, let's do 12. 12. 12, yes. It says, once again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and the Lord God, and the Lord gave King Eglon of Moab control. So now we know that there was a King Eglon. Now, this king was not only big. The king now enlisted the Ammonites and the Amalekites as allies. So this was a big king. He had allies. Is somebody there? All right. He had allies. And they went out and they defeated Israel, taking possession of Jericho and the city of Palms. And the Israelites served Eglon of Moab for how many years? 18 years. Now the Bible says here that when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord again raised up a rescuer to save them. His name was Ehud, the son of Gera, a left-handed man of the tribe of Benjamin. You know, let me tell you why they said left-handed. Left-handed was not a cool thing. It's still a, it's still a thing now. When you are left-handed, you are looked as awkward. So this was an awkward man. Everybody was making steel with their right hand. He's doing his own with his left hand. Is there somebody here that they call you queer? They call you weird. They don't just seem to understand you. You turn, the, you turn in the work, but they're just like, why does, how does he do his own? He, he's not just a regular person. Maybe there's something like that. And you now start to ask yourself, that can God use irregular? And God is saying, I can use irregular. He was a left-handed, skilled man. Bible said. But see what he did. The Bible said, verse 16, so Ehud made a double-edged dagger about, that was about a foot long and he strapped it to his right thigh, keeping it hidden under his clothing. He brought the tribute money to Eglon, who was very fat. Don't know why they put that there, but man. Even the Bible chose about the king. What stood out for, for me about Ehud? He needed no army to kill the king. He single-handedly crafted a plan and he killed the king. And I started to ask the Lord, what is that about? He says, you see, there are some people here. I have given you a type of courage to undertake certain things. You may not look like it. You may not look like the kind of person that will say, oh, how would we believe that the world, would, that Israel, 18 years, will be saved by a left-handed skills man? Do you know the level of security that this king had? He had allies, Ammonites. How was he able to skillfully enter you see, there are some of you here, the Lord is putting you into industries. 
skillfully entering. You look like you are not a threat to them. The big boys are like, ah, no, I'm a one. let him go. But the Lord is divinely locating you into industries. And he's saying that I am single-handedly putting you there so that you can single-handedly create havoc for my good. You would never have believed that the kingdom will fall from the hand of Ehud. The Bible says he went there and he went to see the king. And he gave the king. And he said to the king, king, I have a message from you. Please tell everybody to go out. And the king listened. And he told them to go out. And the Bible says when he was close to the king, what did he do? He plunged the knife so deep into the king that the handle of the knife broke. Another part said that he, he thrust, don't forget, the Bible said the man was what? The Bible said he thrusted the knife so bad that it came out at the back. Do you know the level of force and determination that he did that way? You don't understand what I'm trying to say. See, some of you, there's something God has created. and I'm not talking about anger, so let's not go there. Yeah, I'm not talking about, no. I'm saying that, likened to the Messiah, that some of you have what it takes. Only you, one man army, you can do the bidding of the Lord. Only you can carry the agenda of God and take it to where the people have said, ah, this one cannot go there. Is it the north? Ah, I better go. Nobody, they go there. You can literally go there and dispossess those people that have become a pain point to this kingdom. You can literally go to an institution that all they know is bribe, sleeping, corruption, and you single and then you go there and you erect proper structure there. It's possible. God can send you. And you don't need to be popular. Ehud, the son of Gera, of the tribe of Benjamin, who knows him? The same with some of you. They're about to know your name in the name of Jesus. By the deeds that you start to achieve, they're going to know your name. So what am I saying? Believe that when God sends you, you can do it. The third one, very, very interesting. A woman. Oh yes, by the way, this Ehud, do you know how many years he secured peace for the people of Israel? 80 years. I say your impact is bigger than what you know. 80 years of peace. So the next person, Deborah. Deborah. Now who was Deborah? Deborah was the first female George. Deborah was a prophetess. Deborah was a wife. That's all. You would have thought that I would read more. No. Prophetess, wife. In fact, it was afterwards that we can add out as judges because she did stuff. Are you a woman in the house? And society has skewed your relevance to just having somebody's surname and staying in the other room. God is saying, oh, you don't catch that joke. My wife is like, what does that even mean? What's he trying to say? You know? Has, have, has there been a relegation about what you can do just because you were born with a gender you did not choose? I'm here to tell you, God can use you. The Bible said concerning this woman that she had such an accurate prophetic gift. Bible said, and she spoke, and she called somebody, she said, raise 10,000 men. You are going to do this. We are going to take over this kingdom. 
and this is going to happen. In fact, she even said it that don't even think of winning the glory of this battle because this king is going to fall by the hands of a woman. Accurate prophetic gifts. Now, somebody is asking me, Pio, all I know is how to pray. I don't really know how to do business like that. I, I say when the Lord lands on what you are doing, you will get divine strategy that will enable those that are supposed to be at the war front to know what to do that is right. Have you seen the place of a woman divinely strategizing with her husband to say, in the place of prayer, the Lord said, do not take that business plan. And it came to pass that that could have been what would have sunk your, 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 your family's fortune. But because you heard of God, you were able to say, sir, don't do it. And the man obeyed. And you guys, down the years, you're like, oh, more man, if only we would have been. Do you see the power there? Some of you are saying that currently I'm stuck. I'm doing is raising children. Do you know what it feels like to be the mother of Jesus? Not it feels like to be the mother of Samuel. What you are doing is not ordinary. God can breathe on it. You know one of the things that fascinated me again about this story was we talk about Deborah. Who talks about Deborah's husband? How many of you know Deborah's husband's name? Lajipo. <laughs> it's not like you, but before you start saying that, I knew it. My father, my father's name is in the Bible. <laughs> Lapidus. Now, do you understand that in those days, a woman cannot just wake up and say she wants to do anything? Do you understand that there was high level of, it's not, it's not racial, what's it? Man and woman. Gender inequality. Massive gender inequality. It was so prevalent that even to the time of Paul, Paul was still writing that women should be praying at the back, men should be praying in the front. So imagine way before Paul. This was a woman that ordinary normal period that she did not cause. They said, yeah, go outside. You are unclean. But this woman was able to make a name for herself. Do you know the kind of husband that is? So I want to talk about the husband of La the man called Lapidoth. The Bible never said much about him, but I can infer the kind of man that that will be. He's the kind of man that is secure in the progress of his wife. He's the kind of man that if he sees that his wife is on a tangent, he will listen and he will not shut her down because she is a woman. He will say, you know what? You have something to contribute. Can I hear it? He must be the kind of man that will stand by his wife so that if anywhere she gives a prophecy and people felt a certain kind of way, you're going to say, yeah, what? You, you said what? You want to do what to her? She was confident in the things she could do because she had a strong man. Do we have strong men in the world? Do we have men that can go and lay their hands on their woman and say, I bless you from my heart? Or are you here sharing? How much did you collect from salary? Are you the kind of man that can, you can sit in prayer and say, Father Lord, I sense that you are doing this great thing with this woman. I will come to her ministry and sweep the floor. Or would you be bothered of, I want to do my own? One of the biggest things that give me amount of, an, an, an unexpressible amount of joy is to come and sit and listen to PI minister. Oh boy, she's talented. She has the anointing. And when I am there, I'm just privileged that she bears my surname. Nothing more. 
I'm not trying to hatch out. Ah, I'm messing to me, my bag. They are going to give me accolades. It's not ne necessary. Whatever glory I wish to have is shining right in her. And by she shining, I am shining. Not even because I am looking to shine, but because I'm just thankful that this woman is a gift to the world. Are you that kind of man? The man that I learned this lifestyle from, Pastor Taiwo Dukoya. Do you know how many generals? Pastor Taiwo, oh yeah, Talabasia. See, I, my mother knew Pastor Bimbo in school. So we knew she had always carried the fire. But by the time she got married to Pastor Taiwo, she went. Pastor Taiwo will mold her. You will see him. This is how it is. Pastor, Pastor Bimbo will go for every ministration. I want to thank God and I want to thank my husband. Do you think it's African magic? Do you think if the man is slapping her, she will remember? Part of a great woman of God. Amazing singer. I can't mention her name. The ministry literally went to ground zero because the man wanted to stifle her. She, right now, if I mention her name, you will know. Nothing to her name. Can you be the man that will pour water on the seed and stop fighting the harvest? Lapidus. I pray the grace that for some of you that the Lord is going to bless with power women, powerhouses, receive sense to stop struggling with the gift God has given you. Receive grace to fan to flame the power of God in the life of that female vessel. And the last person. Oh, by the way, just by the singular act of Deborah, Israel experienced peace for 40 years. 40 years. And lastly, Gideon. Gideon is a very remarkable story. Because you have learned it, I'm just going to show you the high points. How many of us know about Gideon? Okay, sorry. No judgment. If you don't know about Gideon, you don't need to be angry. If all you know about Gideon is that it's somebody's name in this life, if you don't know about Gideon, just raise your hand. Please. I will, no judgment. I love you guys. But just read Judges 6. It will give you a lot of context into what I'm about to say. Now, two things faced the story of Gideon that I want to bring to your notice. The first thing was, the Bible said there was a time where the Israelites were being afflicted by the Midianites. Now, this affliction was nothing like the other afflictions that we were seeing. It was such an affliction that these guys made Israelites so scared that they started to live in rocks, caves, just to find protection. Now, that is serious. That is the kind of thing that God needs to deliver Nigeria from. Because there are certain things that are happening in the north that reminds me of the story of the Midianites. This is a story about a time where the Israelites would actually grow crops and some demons would go to the crops. Their aim is to just destroy the crops. They were not even... Shabi, you can even take from the crops and leave. No, they were destroying the crops because they knew that if they could attack their strength, they can attack their ability to fight. Bible says these guys, these Midianites will come. They will go to the land. They will ravage it even to the point of Gaza. Ensuring that there was no food. So the Israelites that were walking, they were still in starvation. But you know something about Gideon? The Bible says that the day the angel was going to find Gideon, he found him walking. 
Now, I get it that there are certain things that are stifling your growth. I get it that there are certain things that are in this economy. But can he find you walking? Do you know that he was walking, but there was no guarantee that those guys would not come and take away what he was doing. But he was still walking. I'm saying to someone that I understand that your salary is not what it should be, but are you there? Are you still doing the work? The Bible said that this guy was working. Then the angel came and the angel said two statements. He said, man of valor. Statement number one. Statement number two. The Lord is with you. Gideon lost it. No, 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 don't tell me that. No, 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 no. And Gideon said, what do you mean? God is with who? God is with where? God is looking at us. And we are suffering like this. They are bombing churches. They are killing people. COVID has ravished my first cousin or whatever it is. Don't tell me that God is with me. God is punishing me. And I feel like some people have that same mental thought. You don't need to express your thought. I know your face is smiling right now, but I know that you have it as a thought in your mind. Some of you, you are still borderline on this church thing. Hey, it was like that. And he said, oh God, you know what? I, I think you are punishing us. Gideon 6. I will judge you 6. He didn't give the guy a Bible. Yeah. 13. It says, Gideon replied, If God is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and has handed us over to the hands of the Midianites. So maybe you are here and you feel this way. That Pastor Olimide, your shoes, I mean, what's that new thing? Your face, they shine, your shoes, they... Please remind me that the next first thing we are going to decree as a church is against social media. Food is not your problem here in this church. So maybe you are that person, P.O., things are going well for you, but bad things are tough for me. Like God hates my family. It's one fight to the other. How can you tell me? You should not say that God is with me. If he's with me, he's with me to punish me. If God is with me, then he has a cane like this. Say, oh yeah, I'm with you. Mess up then. Maybe that's the figure of fatherhood that some of you have. And you know what God said? You would have thought that that kind of thing. How many of you also know that angels don't particularly have chills? Oh, you don't know? Oh, you want us to go to the book of um, the story of Zachariah? The Bible said that Zachariah was still, Zach, is it Zachariah? Zachariah, he was trying to say something. The angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand before the Lord. In fact, you are not going to say anything. Angels don't have chills. So when the Bible says, the Bible says, and what is man? Do, what do you think was speaking? What is man that you are so mindful of them? Or the son of man? Would a man say that to a man? About a man? Only the heavenly being said that. Like, God, why are you so fixated on these mortals? They don't have chills. So these angels were there. And the Bible said that Job's, um, Gideon said these things. I know what God did. God just said, you know what? I've given them to you. Fight them with your strength. Ooh. That was such a powerful wordplay. 
Like you know how you go to God's presence and you are nagging and you are nagging and you are nagging and he does not even talk in the area of your nag. He just gives you an instruction. I don't know whether any of you have experienced that. You know, I said this thing from a place of revelation that you go to God with your emotions, you come out with instructions. Even Jesus, God, why have you, don't have you forsaken me? Please, if it's your will, let this come pass over me. Not my will, but your will. Hands dropped. Like, he did not even say, Pele, my son. Are you, ah, we are feeling it. It's tough. No. He just gives you instructions. And that's almost something similar to what happened to Gideon. Is it that he doesn't love us? Maybe this is tough love. But see what he was trying to get to, to Gideon. When he said that, you know what? I have given you by your strength. Go in your strength and you will deliver the people. Gideon now said, ah, my strength came. My strength. Ah, it's bad enough you are seeing me pain. You don't even know the level of my strength. So let me tell you. Number one, my tribe is the weakest of, my, of the entire tribe. Then me... I am the smallest. So I am the smallest from the weakest tribe. Wow. Such a God of judgment. You really do know how to select. It's me that will go and fight the Midianites. The people that once they, we see them. God was trying to show him the limitations of his strength. So that he can ask for strength. God was not wicked. God is not wicked. God was just trying to show him that I can help. So these are things I learned. That God called him a mighty man of valor. And God is the one that announces victory even before the battle starts. And he does that for three reasons. Because he knows the end with the number one. Reason number two, because he knows your capability. And number three, he also knows your response. Do you get that? God knows when you will say no. Do you know Jesus was not a fallback plan for what happened to Adam? No, Jesus was always in the plan. Jesus was not an afterthought. Ah, 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 ah. Hey, 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 no, 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 no. He knew your limitations. So you see when the Bible says all things work together for good and you are trying to align that how does the failure or the fact that I slept with a boy and now I am pregnant because it's like I didn't wish you to be pregnant but I created room that even if you sin and you get pregnant that boy will be a glorious child. Case in time, Olumide will have you. I'm a product of a brass goats of a man and a woman. Yeah. But God, seeing the end from the beginning, said, whether born in marriage or born out of wedlock, I will use him for the glory of my name. Understand what he means when he says all things are working together. I told you about the story of a Moimoy woman. That's one of the things that God had the role was they were asking for somebody that had been rejected by the embassy. Who looks for that as a criteria? Do you understand how God is looking to, um, to, to use things that are like weaknesses so that you can rely on him? This was Gideon. And you know, I found out something about Gideon. Though Gideon was hurting, he was expectant of a God that he has heard about. Is somebody there that though you are hurting, 
You are still expectant of a God that you have been told about. Are you still longing for that city whose, whose um, builder is God or his maker is God? Gideon was not seeing any fantastic, but he was hoping for the fantastic. Maybe your career does not look like it can draw fantastic. How many of you still pray that this week is my week? How many of you still say that, God, you know what? I am breaking forth on all sides. You would have thought that the kind of person that will fall Goliath will be an expert skillsman or swordsman. But God used a boy that all he knew was a sling and a stone. Never underestimate what you carry. Rise up on your feet. There's so many things to teach here, but time is far gone. I want you to think about yourself. And this is what God said I should ask somebody. Do you still think that you are disqualified from the assignment? Do you still think that he cannot use you? Do you still think that your academic qualifications or your non-qualification is the only integral tool for you becoming significant in life? Do you still think that that mistake you made is going to perpetually nail you into insignificance? Do you still think that the Holy Spirit can breathe upon you? Today's message is to give somebody hope that just as we struggled with the names of some people in the Bible, we don't need to know them before, but now we cannot say we don't know them now. I'm saying to somebody, they may not know your name, but God is about to make something great out of your name. But the one thing I discovered across all these four people, or five, we look at the story of, of the husband of Deborah. They believed in God. They had courage. Can somebody just say, Father, Lord, help me believe again. Men in the house, I know you're battered and broken. I know it seems like as if you're not able to turn in wealth like you always want to. But can I say, wait on the Lord. He renews strength. Can I ask you to trust in God? Can somebody say, Father Lord, I renew my faith in you. I want somebody to know that you are in the best of camps. The camp of Jesus. And I'm saying this in Yoruba. Yeah, I heard it in, in Yoruba. He's the one that makes sons out of us. Is the one that makes sons and daughters out of us. Do you still think that your life cannot matter? That's a life from the pit of hell. If he could use Ehud, he can use you. If he could use Caleb or, or, or Othniel, he can use you. If he could use a woman like Deborah, he can use you. Can you stretch out your hand and say, here I am, Lord, send me. Send me, Lord. I believe you can do all things. I believe you can use me for your glory. Send me Jesus. Send me Jesus. Everything that stands in the way of me believing that God can still use me. I say, I don't care what your mistakes are. They are adding up to what God is going to use for your upliftment. I don't care what your limitations are, left-handed or right-handed. They are adding up to the things God has said concerning you. I don't care your background or the things that they have said concerning your family lineage. 
they are adding up to part of the things that will write your story. I don't care your mistakes. They are adding up to becoming part of the thing that the Lord is going to use for his glory. Now take every single thing to God and say, Lord, as I am without one plea, use me, Lord. I give everything to you. The biggest problem is we forget to acknowledge God and we forget his mighty works. Oh, Jesus, you have brought me from a mighty long way. You are too faithful to leave me. You've proven yourself in my life and I've come to realize you are too faithful to leave me. Come on, speak to God. In Jesus' name we pray. Um, I obviously get ready to come. Can we just lift our hands to heaven and just say, Lord, from today, teach me to celebrate what you've put inside of me. Thank you.